Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. In today's episode, I'm talking about anxiety and some studies that I ran across on nutritional psychiatry. There was a recent article from goodnewslover.com in the mental health area entitled Five Ways Poor Nutrition Can Impact Your Brain Health. And this really caught my eye, of course, my whole background in life being in nutrition and then brain health, of course, around anxiety. Of course, we want to take care of our brain. And I know how important nutrition is. So I thought this might be a good one to share with you because it actually got into the nutritional psychiatry. So here it is. Let's talk about what's in this article. I have the link for you in the show notes if you want to read the whole thing because it's a little bit lengthy and I won't be able to cover everything. So the link will be in the show notes if you want to look further. So they start out by talking about, which we know is important, what you put on your plate having a massive effect on your brain's health. And it what does that mean? Of course, that means that also our mood is affected. Now, I don't even know if everybody gets that yet, but what you eat affects your physiology, which includes your brain, and what goes on in your brain affects your mood. It affects how your neurochemicals are all happening. It's super important. So, if you don't get anything else out of this podcast, just know that what is on your plate is very important to how you feel. So if you're living with mental health challenges or you have other people in your life that do, you can know that you are not alone and that it could be a struggle that could be helped by changing your diet. And so Nutritional psychiatry is a fancy term for the emerging field that seeks to address mental health through diet. Well, this has got my name all over it. I love this, and I'm glad that it's actually getting some attention. We've always known this, but it's not been in popular culture so much, but now everybody is much more uh, concerned about their diet. So obviously people are thinking about it a lot more now. And 
we're thinking about this, not just with anxiety, but with all kinds of things that are related to the brain. So this nutritional psychiatry emphasizes the link between nutrition and mental health and is typically used alongside behavioral and lifestyle interventions, such as talk therapy. Sometimes they're saying they use medications to improve mental health and reduce the risk of mood disorders. And I want to put my hand up here and be the first one to say I hope that people would use lifestyle interventions first. And obviously, talk therapy is very helpful to a lot of people. And saving the medication for like the last, the last thing in the back pocket, because there are so many other things that you can do. I was shocked to find out that psychiatrists did not even ask people, regular psychiatrists, because it was a nutritional psychiatrist that brought this up, that they don't even ask anxious patients about their diet. They don't even ask them if they drink coffee or caffeinated drinks. So you can see there's so much of a long road that we still have to travel. But let's see what I can pull out of this article for you. So the article has a point here. The prominent figure in this field is a woman named Felice Jacka, and she is the director of the Food and Mood Center at Deakin University, and she is the president of the Society for Nutritional Psychiatry. So she produced a paper that compared the levels of anxiety and depression among women following a traditional diet, meaning vegetables, fish, fruits, nuts, and whole grains, and those consuming a typical Western diet composed of fried foods, saturated fats, refined grains, and processed food products. And the study went on to say that obviously we would think this would be true, that the people on the traditional diet reported lower levels of depression and anxiety compared to those eating the refined cereals for breakfast, McDonald's for lunch, and pizza for dinner. These results demonstrate an association between the quality of one's habitual diet and the high prevalence of mental health disorders and overall mood levels. Now, I want to say there's an important term here. They said the quality of one's habitual diet. So we're talking about what people eat uh, most of the time. Like if you're in good health and you eat great 80% of the time, that's good. But if you are not well, if you are ill or struggling, 90, 95% is where you want to go to heal. That's, you know, just my opinion. So other studies have compared the traditional diets like the Mediterranean diet to the traditional Japanese diet to a Western diet. And they have shown that the risk of depression is 25 to 35% lower in those who eat a traditional diet. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? 
I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. So let's take a quick tour here on how poor nutrition impacts your brain. Like I said, I have the link. It's a, it's a great article. I hope that those of you who are interested in this subject will go and check it out more fully. What can happen is your diet really changes your gut microbiome. And studies have shown that those with mental health conditions such as depression and anxiety often show a lack of diversity in their gut microbiome. So I'm telling you, that's a great place to just remember how closely the diet and your brain are connected. The next one is oxidative stress. Now, oxidative stress occurs when there is an imbalance between unstable free radicals and detoxifying antioxidants in the body. The phenomenon has been linked with cancer, heart disease, and you guessed it, depression and other neurological disorders. For example, both animal and human studies have shown that those with depression have elevated levels of oxidative stress compared to healthy controls. Now, guys, diet can really, really wipe that out. So again, it's a great thing to remember. Diet is important. The third one is neuroplasticity. And you all know that term. Our brains are plastic meaning they can change shape and structure in response to experiences throughout our life. Emerging research suggests that dietary choices may be able to physically alter the size of the hippocampus, a brain region that is central to learning, memory, and mood. The fourth one is blood sugar spikes. Now we have talked about blood sugar here many, many times. So we know the physical connection that happens with our blood sugar being very closely related, right? To the feeling blood sugar spikes and then it drops. If it goes really, really high, it will drop really, really low also. So when it drops, 
after the spike, that feeling is akin to having a panic attack because those are the hormones that are being released in order to keep you alive because your blood sugar can't go so low and be functioning. So the adrenaline comes out to keep that blood sugar at a level that'll keep you alive. And of course, that makes you feel like you're having a panic attack. The article says, blood sugar levels can have a tremendous impact on our moods. Studies confirm that poor blood sugar control is associated with depression, anxiety, irritability, nervousness, anger, sadness, and even poor sleep. Depression currently affects about 25% of individuals with diabetes, a population more susceptible to pronounced blood sugar fluctuations. However, the article says, blood sugar imbalances do not only affect diabetics. Otherwise healthy individuals consuming a diet high in refined carbohydrates, and a note here, side note, is I said, and the article said refined carbohydrates, not the carbohydrate from a fruit or a whole grain, vegetables, and added sugars. Many experience a sudden spike in their blood sugar followed by an exaggerated insulin response leading to acute hypoglycemia. And that's what I call the blood sugar crash, right? That's when we feel the, uh, the same feeling as a panic attack. And the article says a 2017 prospective study found positive association between high sugar consumption and common mental health disorders, concluding that refined sugar intake has an adverse effect on long-term psychological health. Okay, so my note on this is, what are often people having that high sugar, added sugar, refined table sugar with? They are often having it with coffee, tea, or any number of those types of caffeinated drinks. So the sugar and the caffeine together. Now we're talking some really big irritants to our mind and body. The next point they have here is nutritional deficiencies. Patients struggling with their mental health are found to also be deficient in nutrients that can help regulate their moods and brain functions. Unfortunately, nutrition as a treatment protocol for mental health disorders is still in its early days and is yet to be a part of formal training in this field. However, the article goes on to say, there are already sufficient studies to back up the link between food and mood. These nutrient deficiencies can range from B vitamins, omega-3s, zinc, magnesium, and many more, all of which could lead to symptoms like depression, anxiety, or poor concentration. I want you to take note of those because these are easy ones that you can add yourself. B vitamins, in my opinion, you could get a B complex. Omega-3s, 
easy enough to get in fish oils, or if you are vegan, you can get them from the algae, which is what the fish eat to get the omega-3s anyway. Also the zinc, very easy to obtain, and magnesium, which we have talked about on this show many times, and I would highly suggest that you look for those episodes on magnesium to see how that can really help you also. So the article goes on to say here that the verdict is in. What you put on your plate can have a massive effect on your brain's health and therefore your mood. If you're living with a mental health challenge or you have a loved one who does, then you know how difficult it can be sometimes and you are not alone. It's a constant struggle that so many people in the world endure. But if you start eating foods that your brain will love, you will find yourself having fewer mood fluctuations, feeling happier overall, and experiencing an improvement in your ability to focus. And that's the end of the quote in that part of the article. And I love this part of eating foods that your brain will love. Because Dr. Amen, who is the doctor who has all the brain scans, he is often saying, I want to eat foods that will love me back. And so you might want to think about that when you are planning your next meal. Does this love me back? The article ends up here with the good news, however, is that more options are available today to help you overcome mental health challenges. Start with looking at the food you're currently eating and make small changes day by day. Make sure you keep a diary to track your progress so you can see how much you've improved over time. So I would like to say that as the article suggested, keeping a journal or a diary to keep track of your progress can keep you inspired as you make small but important changes in your daily eating habits. It's such a great idea. And I also want to end up here with saying that small changes that are the least intrusive into your day can be the best way to start. So try, for instance, to add some things in that are healthy rather than taking out your pizza, okay? That's probably going to take a little more effort, but let's get you built up first. So try adding a fresh fruit every day. If you are not usually eating fresh fruit every day, add a fresh fruit, one fruit each day for a week, and then start another new small change. Those small changes are the ones that you are most likely to stay with, and they are the ones that will become habits that you don't even think about in the future. Just keep stacking them one on top of the other. For far too long, medicine has looked at health from a medicine point of view, often forgetting to look at what could be added or eliminated from the daily diet that could make profound changes over time. The good news is, is that you can do this yourself, and I hope that you will. I do hope that you have found some courage some enlightenment, and some actionable steps that you can take, no matter how small, that will help move you in the direction of more peace and calm and more health. And now for today's quote. 
One cannot think well, love well, sleep well, if one has not dined well. And that's from Virginia Woolf. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com.